Welcome to the Victory Formation Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Anzio, writer, scout at Draft Diamonds, and the director of pro football evaluation and scouting at MFE Elite Pro Days. Now on May 2nd in Pittsburgh and May 9th in Indianapolis. Go check out myfootballevaluation.com to check out all upcoming events and to register at MFE Elite Pro Days on all your social media outlets. On this fifth installment of the My Victory Formation podcast, Reality is the Dream, I am joined by Jeff Barnes to talk about sleeper O-line prospects. Then I have an outstanding sleeper cornerback DB out of Post University, Marquise Watson, the big six foot two uh, cornerback, comes on to talk to me about the 2020 NFL Draft and his upcoming MFE Elite Pro Day, which he'll be at on May 2nd. After that, I am joined... Fresh off the Spring League win over Japan, running back Leroy Wilson. Leroy Wilson, former Western Florida running back, is looking for an opportunity at the next level. Finally, last but not least, coming out of Northern Iowa, uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference, All-American, Phil Steele first team, Walter Camp. This young man is heavily awarded offensive lineman 2020 NFL Draft sleeper Jackson Scott Brown from Northern Iowa comes on to join me, talks to me about uh, the upcoming draft, talks to me about his phenomenal senior season and Northern Iowa's playoff berth. Thank you for joining me on the Victory Formation podcast. Stay safe. Really, what's going on, Jeff Barnes? Cover two. How are you, Matt? Hey, man. How do I sound, man? I don't know what's going on. The thing didn't work right, so I'm, I'm on the phone. Um, how are we doing tonight? Welcome to the Victory Formation Podcast. Hey, thank you, thank you. You sound fine, by the way. All right, good, good. So I uh, brought you back on. We're gonna uh, got a good show tonight, man. We got a. Um, Got an awesome offensive lineman uh, coming on, Jackson Scott Brown, Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. He's almost 6'4", 312 pounds. This kid was a Phil, Phil Steele uh, Award winner. Walter Camp invite, first team all-conference, uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference for Northern Iowa, which is a tough conference, as you know. Uh, so he's going to be on the show. And in light of that, I figured we would talk some of these uh, sleeper offensive line, and it's a phenomenal group we have this year, man. Uh, Absolutely, really deep. Um, you know, even even some 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 bigger name sleepers that I thought were pretty good, like um, that are flying beneath the radar. Guys like Cameron Clark from uh, UNC Charlotte. Absolutely, forty uh, nine is over there. He's six five, two ninety four. He was at the Shrine game. Um, mm-hmm. at, the, at the combine as well yeah combine uh had some good numbers but he, he's still flying under the radar um good looking prospect uh could play tackle you know six five is about where they're gonna start throwing you at tackle uh six three you know you're gonna wind up at guard most likely uh six four is right in the middle depends they use you in the pinch at tackle so uh, yeah, we could start there at tackle. Uh, what's a couple sleeper tackles that nobody's talking about? Oh, we, we can go for days with this one, but um, I'm going to start with uh, big man, Division Three cat 
out of of uh, St. John's, Minnesota, Ben Barch. Um, he's a kid that uh, you have to like his size. He's a big boy, six seven, uh, three hundred plus pounds. Um, still a little raw for me. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys that um, he's gotten some attention. Uh, he's a big, strong kid. Um, and it, I just think that footwork-wise, he's going to need some development um, and technique with hand placement and timing. But overall, the potential is there. Um, he got invited to the combine, but I believe he's still nursing an injury, so he what, he just got measured, met with teams. Uh, but overall, this kid is a... Uh, nobody's talking about him. And, and if they're not, they, they, they should be. They should be. I mean, one of those guys, you're talking about a D3 player. Gets invited yeah. to the combine should be getting a lot more attention than he is. Well, there's a, quite a few of them. Uh, there, yes. there was another one, um, uh, college that uh, you know, funny reminds me of the Golden Girls, uh, Saint Saint Olaf College. Uh, Anthony DeBella. Absolutely, I had a good look at him in December. Yeah, um, you know, so there's there's some small school guys, and not, you know, not just guards, but outside tackles. Mm-hmm. That are available. I have a, a, a hidden gems coming out. Should be out tonight, maybe tomorrow. Depends. Uh, got this young man from Emory and Henry, uh, Tyler Wetterings. Uh, Draft Diamonds did the video on him. Damon did the video on him. Nice looking video. You can check out his. Uh, go on there. Uh, you'll see his highlights on there. And man, this kid is athletic. Six foot seven. Uh, around 300 pounds, something around there. But, you know, when you're mm-hmm. six, seven, 100 looks like nothing. You know, three, 300 looks lean on, on a six foot seven guy. But he's still strong. You know, he's not the fastest feet in the world, but he's smooth. He looks like he's been playing the position a long time. His feet are not getting muffled up underneath him. They go very, you know, it doesn't matter whether he's backing up or going forward. His feet are moving right there, you know. You know, one foot in front of the other, basically. So, uh, you know, that's what I look at. When I look at tackles, I don't always look at the fastest feet. You know, some guys are long striders. So, you're six foot seven, you got a long stride. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we know the other kid from South Carolina State now. He's moving up draft boards. Uh, Absolutely. Alex uh, Taylor. Yes. Six, Six foot nine. Very athletic, was at the combine. You know, I got him in my hidden gems too. He's not so much a hidden gem anymore. But when I first, <laughs> when I first conceived this, he was still flying under the radar. But, you know, he's moving up. You know, he's a guy that can move up easily to, you know, round four at this point. Absolutely. And, and that's exciting from, from, from a school like South Carolina State, which is, you know, producing a few guys. Uh, so, yeah, any other tackles you want to name off? Uh, uh, we'll get into some tackles and we'll get into some guards as well. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny, um, with all the tackles, I have a bunch of guards that everybody talks about. It's such a weak interior class. Well, depends on what you're looking for. It's not that weak, but no. uh, it's actually pretty pretty strong, especially in the later rounds. But before we go inside, um, there is a big man out of La Tech that doesn't get any talk at all. Um, and to me, He's a day three uh, UFA pickup because he's a project. 
And it's a matter of, do you keep him outside a right tackle? I believe you kick him inside the guard, but he can play right tackle. Uh, kid, big kid, 6'8", 320-pound tackle from Louisiana Tech named Dwight uh, Stallworth. And when you look at him, he's a big kid. Um, gets a little lazy at times with his feet, which is why he doesn't get a lot of movement on certain some runs. But overall, uh, takes up a lot of space. He's a space eater at tackle. He just doesn't have that edge kick that's going to catch up with a lot of speed rushers. So that's why I say right tackle only. Um, but kicking him inside where he can match up against guys his size, I think is right where he is, where he's meant to be. And I think he'll be, you get him to where you want to be technically, as far as working on footwork, working on this again upper body strength and hand placement and I think this guy will be a phenomenal guard I think he'll be a steal for somebody yeah that's the thing I mean I, I don't know why people would say it's weak I guess they're not looking deep enough because they're not uh, I got pages and pages of names uh, mm-hmm. and I had a chance to look at a lot of these guys whether it was through uh, you know the FCS Bowl or the College Gridiron Showcase mm-hmm. uh seen some of these guys at the Tropical Bowl. I've seen some of these guys, you know, we already mentioned the Shrine Game, uh, Senior Bowl, obviously, uh, not as much sleepers there. But uh, another guy, well, we, we were talking about the um, FCS Bowl last time. I talked about Josh Fields out of Elizabeth City that I was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he could be a tackle. They might move him inside. It depends, you know. Again, like you said, you know, I think the footwork could be cleaned up a little bit, but he has all the tools and, and you know, he gets with the right coach. He's going to be a nice player to have. Another one that was, uh, I believe, uh, I'm not sure he was on the same side of the ball as the FCS. He might have been on the red team. Uh, was Aaron Ray from Chowin. Yes. Now, you know, at 6'4", he's listed at 6'4", 294, which, you know, I'm sure he's listed right because they measured him there. So... Um, you know, he looked pretty good at tackle at the um, FDS Bowl. You think they move him inside, or do they give him a shot maybe at right tackle? They may give him a shot at tackle. Um, he has the he has the size. I think um, when it comes to the, to him, and I'm trying to make sure I have the right measurements on him before I say it. Um, sometimes when it comes to that benchmark, everybody wants to talk about as far as arm length some guys are missing with that and they tend to kick them inside because of that um of course they tackle they want those long arms to help keep those uh pass rushers no, he's got bay. an 80 uh, 80 plus inch wingspan it says um and, it's, and, and honestly he may get to work at tackle because he's a 33 and three eighths on the arm so he's right below the 33 and a half minimum so you I mean you can work with that so, I mean, if his footwork is there, I think he'll be fine. Um, he was one of the better-looking ones. Him absolutely. and uh, my guy, Eric Brown from Merrimack, which uh, we mentioned last mm-hmm. time, and, and I like were Eric my two inside. favorites. Yeah, I, I like yeah. Eric inside. But if, if you also looked at that game, you also had a good chance to look at Bryce Wilds from Sam Houston State. And it's yep. funny that they had two linemen in this game that uh, had a chance to look at on different teams from the same school. You had Wilds there as well as Matthew Burrell. Burrell's smaller than Wilds. They had him playing up and down the line. But I believe Burrell's going to be better at center or guard. Um, Burrell's special. 
special. Burrow's a special player. Yeah. Uh, I don't have his right here. I was going to mention him myself. Yeah. This kid, like he was born playing interior O-line. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Born, born to play. It may be even center, uh, guard. I think you could got a guy there that could switch to both. Either one mm-hmm. you need. You, you, you teach him how to snap, you get all the snapping going, but you also got him out as a guard if you need it, like uh, we've seen so many teams do. And, you know, the more you could do along that, that line, either line, it doesn't matter, O-line or D-line, the more you can do, the better chance you got of making that 53-man squad or making that 8-10-man that, uh, uh, practice Absolutely. Squad, so. as, they, as they call it, position flexibility. And when you have that lineman that could play two or three positions on the offensive line, it allows you to go deeper at another position because you don't need to carry that extra lineman. So, you know, th- those guys are very important. Well, Some of these guys are going to get moved inside because of their size. Uh, another another guy that's in the uh, hidden gems that will be coming out is uh, my guy over there, Alabama A&M, HBCU kid, be coming out to our event. Doesn't get invited to the HBCU thing, but gets invited to ours. And he's coming on out. Let me take a shot. I'm not trying to take a shot at nobody. But how do you miss on this kid? Bob <laughs> Samuel Jr. out of Alabama A&M. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, he's about 6'3 or whatever he is. He's not going to be playing tackle at the next level. All right. He's going to be playing guard, most likely. But the fact, you know, to me, I think once you played in space... Mm-hmm. Again, somebody pass rushers on the outside and you're getting double teamed and, and you got to worry about, the, you know, you don't just got to worry about the C gap. You got to worry about the B gap as well, you know. So you're mm-hmm. worrying about the C gap, worrying about the B gap. Sometimes you're doing a, a, a stunt or a combo block to where you got to go in and now and now you're pulling and, and you got to go in and you got to take on the interior guy. So... It's not like he hasn't done it before. He was playing both tackle positions out there. He played some guard, but they needed him at tackle at Alabama A&M. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, kid, very natural, very athletic. I don't care if he's an inch or two undersized. You move him inside to guard. You can train him at center if you need. He's going to be a utility guy, and they could use him. You know, he could be a guy for, for years to come if, if they get him in the right situation. Absolutely. Any other guards? Uh, you know, if we get uh, we we FCS, few. Um, but you know, we we could go away. How about your guy? Uh, some more guys in Florida. I had a kid here. I think looks like uh, you know, they'll probably move him inside. Uh, Marcus uh, Namer, I think it is, from USF. Ah. Marcus Neighbor, six foot six, three hundred twenty-five pounds, got him listed at. Yeah, um, USF. With him, he's a little rough because I watched him this year, and I think he was more of a backup. So he's one of those guys that didn't have a lot of film. Um, yeah. But on that same line, you know, when you talk about USF, um, you talk about tackle prospects. Um, oh wait, we may be talking about the same person. It's not Namer, it's Norman. Marcus Norman. Yeah, my yeah. bad, my bad. Marcus yeah. Norman. Yeah, because I'm sitting there with, wait a minute. Norman. Yeah, right? Norman. 
Yeah, Norman. Okay, yeah. all right. I, my that's right. And writing. I know that name. It's not Neymar. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Yeah. It, it should have clicked right away. <laughs> Marcus Norman. Hey, find a way. To me, I watched him this year once again. We're talking about a guy who can play tackle. He'll probably get kicked inside because of the um, in space on the edge. Some teams may not trust him out there. Um, I've seen him play play right tackle. I don't see him at the on the left side. He's more. Um, He's just—he's just not humble enough for that left side. You want your best athlete on that left side that's going to be able to keep up with everything they throw at him. He has some issues, but one of the things I do see—he um, does when he does get the chance to get movement on people in a run game. He does it. Um, he works well on combo blocks. Um, he is a once he does get his hands on your protection, he does a good job of keeping you at a distance, uh, getting control. The hard part for him is when he gets overextended. Um, and that's when he doesn't get those feet uh, moving in time to cut the guy off at the corner. And he tends to get overextended and lunges out, and that's when he gets in trouble. Um, but it, it, most right tackle only problem issue. Um, but he's one of those guys that I watched him. I think he's one of those guys you have to look at. And it's a shame that he won't get a chance to wait looking right now with the pro days being canceled, the show, because he wasn't invited to the combine either. No. Well, that's the unfortunate thing, you know, for a lot of these guys. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's a big school or a small school, but they didn't get to have yeah. the pro days. And, you know, hopefully uh, we get some of them out. We got some old linemen lined up to come out to our events and, and, and you know, but things are still shaky right now. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. So we're just praying that, you know, things clear up in a couple weeks here and we can get these guys out here. But, you know, you get guys out of work for a month, you know, and and then you try to get them to come out to an event. It, yeah. It's tough, you know. So it's going to be, you know, it might be a lot of local people in, in the Pittsburgh, you know, not just Pittsburgh, but the Pennsylvania area and, and surrounding areas. And, and then Indianapolis, thank God we got May 9th. We'll get some people around mm-hmm. there, you know, because you got Kentucky. And, and and down there is not as infected. Uh, they don't have as much going on. But, you know, unfortunately, New York is, is, is you know, under, under turmoil yeah. right now. And uh, it's hard to even talk to anybody about an event or signing up for an event when they're concerned about what's going to happen in the next, you know, few weeks or so. So... You know, I just, you know, I do this to keep it going. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, how about some other guards? Um, oh, well. Or centers, really. I'm looking for some centers, too. I, I should have put a center in well, there. Burrell, uh, had, I'm, I'm putting him in, as a, in the guide as a center. He can play guard and center, yeah. but I'm putting him at center first. He, I like him in that category. Um, before we go to centers, though, I, I've got to call this kid out, and I've seen him um, quite a bit this year. And uh, if you're on social media, he's made sure he's gotten to you as well. Zach San Martino from Dartmouth. You know, and he's yeah. a kid that's a big mauler, big physical kid. And once again, gets his hands on you, moves people around. And uh, a guard. Absolutely. And and I haven't seen him snap yeah. the ball. So there's some guys get to, to train him to snap the ball and move him inside. But. He's a smart, physical kid. He moves well. He gets second level and uh, is able to cut off defenders on the backside. 
So when you watch him, he's physical. That's the one thing I want out of a guard. I want to not just be able to zone block and get second level, physical. but to move people. You know, my ta- my yeah. tackles. Well, that's yeah, like Runyon. My tackles can be. My you tackles know? can be. Runyon, Sonia. Yeah, Runyon is a is a visible <laughs> kid, and I said he did a great job. Uh, Runyon, Sonia. <laughs> he did a great job moving inside <laughs> um, at the Shrine game. Um, it was the first time I got to fully see him at guard. I know he, yeah. he's been playing a lot of tackle at Michigan. Actually, they worked him a lot at guard, more exclusively at guard that game, and he did a great job inside. Yeah, he's right at that side. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have a feeling. Yeah, who was he man. with? He was teamed up with the kid I liked a lot too. Uh, who's not so much a sleeper anymore. I was. I didn't even bother putting him in the thing. I took his name off because I'm like, he ain't a sleeper anymore. Kyle Murphy out of Rhode Island was there. Yes, mauling him with him. You know yes. that whole side. Me and you both were pointing out. Mm-hmm. Look at that. That uh, what was it? The left side. Um, yeah, left side. The left side. They were just running the ball. You know, and any anything they did to the left side was no problem because mm-hmm. of those two guys right there, Runyon and uh, the kid from Rhode Island, just making uh, just just mauling people, man. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you know yeah. these guys, these kids, they they understand these blocking schemes. They know how to down block. They know, you know what I mean. They they mm-hmm. they've been they look like they've been playing O line a long time. And I know the kid, like the kid that's on this episode. Uh, from from Northern Iowa, Scott Brown, Jackson Scott Brown, he, he's another one. You know, he, he he's the same thing. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like he came out the womb playing uh, <laughs> offensive line. Um, you know, and that you know, same thing with Burrell. Um, you know, a lot of the guys we named, they're just so natural. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you can go down the list of guys when you look at them. They don't have to be first round picks, you know, but they're just guys when you look at them, um, are they technical enough? Some of them are, some of them aren't, but they're physical players or they have the ability to, they're athletic enough to combo block and fight to that second level block and control defenders. And in this era, in this age of spread offenses with zone blocking going on behind and in front of it, for the running game, that's what you need. You know, you need movement at the point of attack. You need guys that are athletic enough to find their way to the second level. And we're seeing these guys at, at every level of football now. Absolutely. I mean, I'm seeing them everywhere, and I don't know what they're talking about when they say there's no offensive lineman. I mean, interior, are you kidding me? You know, I could see offensive tackle because a lot of guys are going to be developmental. Mm-hmm. But there's talent there you know if you know how to development you know if you know how to take these guys and turn them into pros you know if you're an old school o-line coach like uh you know juan castillo type of guy Mm -hmm. and you could take a guy like that you could get 10 years out of this guy absolutely and we're talking about an undrafted free agent uh some of them are going to be uh you know they're going to be available very easy to get um some of them are going to be priorities and some of them are going to be late round picks or you know i think kyle murphy can work his way into like you know fourth fifth round easily indeed and he's when you look at him they had especially playing they had him playing tackle and at tackle he just doesn't have the natural movement to be in that space you see he's got the hip tightness you know and he's very technical in how he was taught the hands are there but you just don't see that you know wide range footwork 
But inside, he's a, he has the ability to anchor, set down, he punches, um, gets movement, and, and the hand placement on the punch is perfect. Timing is there. I saw him and that kid from uh, the D tackle from Utah at the Shrine game go at it. And it was a battle. And he was able to hold his own. He didn't get uh, ragdolled. Yeah, they did a great job of anchoring down, settling down, and, and uh, protecting the inside of the pocket. So, I mean, you're looking at a kid that's capable of doing the job, and like like we we're talking about, doesn't have to be a first, second round pick. Let this kid come in on day three, round four, round five, come in, work hard, take a spot. You know, if you can develop people in the, in the late rounds, there's plenty of guards here that you can bring in with a line coach. Bring them in if you have a veteran ahead of them that's there with, on the last year or two of his deal. Let this guy play in depth and learn the position. So when it's time to take yeah. over, he comes in, he doesn't kill you on your salary cap, and he's able to play exactly. right away. You know, I mean, the, the vi- well, there's plenty of tackles that are going to be guards too. Absolutely. So, when you when you put in these smaller tackles from the smaller schools, you know you'll get a guy who's six three, six four playing tackle in a smaller mm-hmm. school. Uh, a great a guy like uh, Brett. Uh, you got a guy Brett Bowdy from Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, young man, he's only six three, but you know he's going inside. But he's a good looking, you know, he's a good looking player. And I always think, you know, if you played on the outside and you had to face those guys in space. The inside is, is, is going to be a cakewalk for most of the dudes. Um, and you can say the same thing it's about just like totally foreign. Absolutely, and you can say the same thing Sorry, about no problem. Uh, you can say the same thing about Glenn Bethel from uh, West Florida. You know, and, and another young man. You look at him; he's six four, two eighty seven. Perfect. You know, and you know, and he's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. You know. Get him develop his body the way you want. He's gonna need some upper body uh, uh, development, you know. But overall, he's he's um, six three six oh three seven two eighty seven with an arm length of thirty four and three eighths. You know, a wingspan of eighty three. His tackle arms on a guard body. So he's a guy. If you want to move him outside, I mean, why not? You know, some teams do keep smaller tackles. But to me, put him inside. Let him pull. Let him combo to the second level. He's athletic enough to do it. He has the athletic ability to keep up. Just let him get stronger to match up with the bigger bodies he'll see inside. But let, he'll he'll kick outside on a blitz and pick up because he's he's athletic enough to do it. I I see nothing wrong without with the, um, having a, a guy like that you develop that's going to be a nice athletic guard. You know, especially like I said, everybody wants to run zone concepts. Big body linemen on the interior that can't move don't run zone very well. So <laughs> I think you definitely have to have athletes on the inside as well. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, at guard or at center. Center, center, I think, is a very athletic uh, thing. And, you know, you take some of the undersized guys, some of the six one, six two guys, six foot guys. And you could put them there, and it's perfect. And you know, I think we'll definitely be coming back to this. Um, this is a segment because I know there'll be other offensive linemen coming on. We still got quite a while for the draft, so there's going to be some other guys coming on before next month. And uh, you know, if there's anything you want to plug, I'll give you a chance to plug it. Oh uh, yes, yeah. so, uh, once again, um, 
Tune in to Cover2Draft.com. We'll have our latest mock drafts coming out on Monday. Um, and once again, we're still trying to finish up the draft guide that's coming out in April. The exact launch date, I'll let everybody know as soon as we are very close to being finished. Well, I'll have you back on soon. We'll be talking, uh, I don't even know yet. Uh, <laughs> tight end will probably, we'll probably combine with something else because there's not that many of them. Oh, I think so it's deep. Do tight end. It's deeper well, than you know, it looks. We could, I mean, if you, you add in the H backs and some of those guys, I think yeah. you get a nice. Yeah, well, uh, well, in this day and age, you have to. <laughs> it's all. It's yeah, all yeah. Well, I mean, the, the guys that are six four, six five, and above is is is, is pretty low. Yeah, but. <clears throat> But we'll get back to it. I just, you know, I appreciate you coming on, man. You have a good night, man. Thanks for joining me on the Victory Formation Podcast. Thanks again. All right, Jeff. Hello, Marquis Watson. How you doing? Marquise Watson, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome to the Welcome to the Victory Formation Podcast. I got Marquise Watson from Post University, uh, 2020 NFL Draft Prospect Sleeper. Uh, let's get into it here, buddy. Uh, when did your love of the game begin? Oh man, I was born to play football. I was bred to do this. Uh, I've been playing football since I was like seven years old in North Carolina. Oh yeah, did you start out playing DB or what, what positions did you start out at a young age? Oh, I started out as a middle linebacker as a young age and then slowly started playing a quarterback. And then from quarterback, I liked the love of, love of like playing DB and safety. That's what I stuck with. So you got into defense. When was that? In uh, high school or or, or earlier? Uh, I got into defense around like my sophomore year. Beautiful. So when you got into DB, coming out of high school, were were you heavily recruited? Why did you go to post? Um, I actually was. I was actually kind of most kind of heavy recruited, not by like the top D ones, but like the D one double A's. It's just that uh. At the time coming out of high school, I could say honestly that my grades wasn't all that. Um, like the football side was serious, but I was more focused on football than I was in uh, academics. So you know how things didn't turn out the way it was, but I got the opportunity to uh, play at Post University. I made the best of it. And then how was your experience at Post University? Take me through it and what were some, uh, some of the highlights over there? Uh, at Post University on my side, uh, I almost definitely say my first interception over there uh, was basically the highlight of my um, career or even my season playing football in college wise. Um, had a pick six. That was like one of the greatest uh, like highlights that I had over there. Um, as far as like my teammates, like best group of guys I've played with going into it, a lot of good coaches. Um, the school program itself is like very beautiful. And like I would advise like any other kid coming out of high school to try to get a scholarship there to attend there and play. But, yeah, those are the biggest highlights for me. Beautiful. And were, and were you invited to any All-Star games coming out of uh, your senior season? Uh, Yeah, I was invited to one, but I couldn't make it at the time because of track. I chose to um, – because I run track as well. 
I had a track meet today uh, on the day of uh, um, All Star game, so I decided not to do it because I just didn't want to, you know, get hurt or nothing like that. Even though it like um, basically showed my skill set, but I felt like I could do that on a pro day. Yeah, absolutely. And and we were working on getting you over at the Yale Pro Day. Now, did did that happen? Uh, no, I did get invited, and but the quarantine stuff, you know, everybody yeah. started getting sick, kind of shut it down. But yeah. um, I have one coming up May second. So hopefully, if things are going good, then I'll be yeah. able to uh, show my skill set there. Well, yeah, he's gonna be you're gonna be coming out to the MFE Elite Pro Day on May second. Yes, in sir. Pittsburgh, and uh, we're excited about it. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it's after the draft now, but uh, you know, there was really nothing we could do about it. They were pulling scouts off the road, so uh, I mean, it just was, it wasn't going to happen in April. So May second, hopefully, will be enough time. Uh, you know, we're we're in contact with a ton of scouts, and there's going to be scouts looking at it, and there's going to be scouts there, and there's also going to be scouts that are going to be able to check it out. Or I, I believe they're going to be able to check it out on a live stream as well. So. We're going to be able to try to reach as many people as possible, even in these times when it's it's hard to get a big group of people together, you know? Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. Um, what would you say you bring to a NFL, CFL, XFL, whatever it is, organization? What what does Marquise, the Chief Watson, bring to their organization? I, I bring it all. I bring most definitely the physical contact. I love I'm physical DB. I mean, most DBs out here, they can't say they're that physical. I love to hit. That's my thing. I come down like a strong safety. Um, I'm a very long kid. You know, got good jumping ability. Could stick with any receiver fast. Doesn't matter. I could guard up on tight ends as well. I did that during my college career. Um, like I'm just fearless. Like out there, I play smart as well. Um, you just like it's like not that many people that's built like me. Absolutely, man. And you're what about six two? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You play on the outside, and and you've played man and zone coverages, right? Yes, sir. So you do a little bit of it all. And how about special teams? Oh yeah, I do special teams too. I'm a gunner. I love to come down. Like I said, I love to come down and hit. That's my thing. Beautiful. And what would you? Who would you say is your biggest biggest influence on the field, uh, football wise? Oh, my biggest influence right now, I would say Jalen Ramsey. Good, good. Yeah, he's a good one, man. And uh, uh, w- what about his game? Do you like or, or, or do you have uh, some similarities to Jalen Ramsey? Uh, I just like I like the way he plays. He's a dog. Like, you ain't going to find that in most people right now. Um, he's, he's cocky. He's full confident in his game. Um, he's going to talk it up. He's going to get in your head mentally. I love that about him. He's not scared to back down from the biggest names in the game right now. Um, so that's basically like me. I love I love all the competition. I like to hear that you're the best player on the field just so I can lock you up. No doubt, man. And, and, and what keeps you going in times like this? I know we got a lot of gyms locked down and uh, we got to do what we got to do and, and train in our houses or outside or whatever we caught. But uh, uh, how do you keep yourself uh, ready for like uh, the, the pro day coming up on, I mean, on May 2nd? Um, I'm back home now, like down south, uh, where I actually first started playing football. I got like a lot of a good uh, friend group that's down here, family. Um, they keep me motivated during these times, uh, making sure I'm doing the right things, staying on top of like my workouts and stuff like that. Don't lose track side of it. Um, that's one thing I like about being home. They keep me motivated. I love them. Beautiful. And and what would you say uh, is the most important thing to you, man? 
Oh, family by far. Family is the most important thing to me. It always been family, family and loyalty. That's always been. That's how I've been raised. Um, you know, and another thing too is like as far as like hard work, you gotta earn it out here where I come from. You gotta earn it. Nobody ain't just gonna give it to you. You earn everything. Absolutely, man. You gotta keep working, keep grinding, no matter what happens. Even with all this going on, you gotta just keep moving and, and get it going. Eventually, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time, but eventually. The right person will see you, man, if you just keep your head down and keep grinding, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So the full and I want to give you a, a chance to plug any social media so any scouts or anybody could go on there and find your uh, highlights and check you out. Okay. Um, I have an Instagram. It's Chief Keith. Chief underscore Keith with two S's. You can see most of my football and um, highlights and film there. I have a huddle. You can look my name up, Marquise Watson. Uh, Post University is the university I'm coming from. Um, I have a Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me on there. It's the Juice. So that's that's basically it about me, like as far as social media. Awesome, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at the MFE Elite Pro Days on May 2nd. Man, I think you're going to kill it out there. I love your game, man. I love your physicality. You got good size. You got good speed, man. You're a track guy. I think, you know, you're one of, one of the good sleepers. We got some great DBs coming out, man, and I appreciate you joining me on the Victory Formation podcast. Marquise Watson, Post University, man. Have a good weekend. You too, sir. Thank you. Hello, Leroy Wilson. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? Welcome to the Victory Formation Podcast. Hey, I appreciate it. We got Leroy Wilson, man, just coming off the spring league. He had a game against uh, Japan and uh, formerly of uh, Western Florida, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. West Florida out in Pensacola. So why don't we start at the beginning here, man? When did your love of the game begin? When did you uh, realize uh, that football was for you? Oh, man. I mean, I started at a young age, you know, probably about four years old. Uh, you know, football is really the only sport I really played. I mean, I, I played a little basketball, t-ball here and there, but, you know, it was something about football that just, you know, stuck with me. So ever since then, I mean, ever since the age of four, ever since I got that football in my hands, you know, that's 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 what my passion, and my, that's where my heart was at. Wow, four years old, huh? So what were some of the positions you first started playing when you were, when you were little? Uh, it's, my first position was actually quarterback. And, you know, I mean, Little League, if you play quarterback, you're basically playing running back. You just get <laughs> getting the ball and going. So I played quarterback. I started off at quarterback. Uh, tried the defensive side out a little bit. Tried a little safety. But, uh, you know, once they put me at running back, you know, I was good at it. Stuck with it. So how long you been playing running back for? Uh, probably about, oh, man. What grade? I think I started, I started playing running back probably at the age of six. Wow. Yeah, probably about the age of six. So I mean, I stuck with that. It's a it's a it's a natural position for me. You know, I like to make plays, and that's what a playmaker's at. <laughs> well, what were some of the backs you really uh, liked growing up that you uh, model your game after a little bit, or or take some of the influence from? Uh, growing up, I mean, I was a big Ricky Williams fan, big Ronnie Brown fan, just because you know they local here in Miami. Yeah. But um, I really, you know, two backs that I really look at now and, you know, kind of model my game after 
uh, look at Devontae Freeman a lot, and I also look at uh, James White. Those are two backs that I, you know, really try to, you know, take some things from, take some things from their game and add it to my game just because they're do-it-all do it backs, you know. They can run the ball, they can catch the ball, and, of course, you know, they can block. Yeah, they're hard-working backs. They definitely can do it all, man, and, and that's what I see you doing. And, and um, so, so take me through it. Uh, coming out of high school, uh, what, what made you land over at uh, West Florida? <laughs> all right, coming out of high school, I mean, I had a little journey. Uh, coming out of high school, I didn't really have too many offers. A lot of interest, but, you know, no offers. Um, ended up going to a Division two school straight out of high school. It's called West Virginia Wesleyan. You know, it's in the middle of in the middle of West Virginia, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, played there for a year, kind of. I had to red shirt because my ACT score wasn't, you know, wasn't high enough. So I had to red shirt there. So I just practiced for a whole year. And... You know, nothing against the guys out there, but as I was practicing every day, I'm like, man, I know I'm better than this. You know, I know I can play at a at a higher level. I know I can play at a D1 or D1 AA level. So what I did was, you know, after that year, I went JUCO uh, out in California, Yuba College. I didn't really know too much about the JUCO route. All I know is that it helps, it helps you with your grades and it helps you, you know, get to the next level of football. So I was all for it. You know, went over to um, Yuba College, played there. You know, dominated out there, had some great stats, had a lot of teams looking at me, a lot of teams looking at me, but unfortunately, you know, West Florida was the only one to really pull the, you know, pull the trigger on the offer. So it's a, it's a school in Florida, you know, I'm, I'm from Florida, kind of close to home, so I, you know, I went with it, and I mean, it turned out pretty good, good a, a good experience. Good, yeah, and 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 uh, how was your experience there? Was it a winning organization or a winning team or? Uh, it's crazy. West Florida was actually a new program when I went, so yeah. it, it never played. You know, it was never, it never played a game before. So my my first year there was the first year of football. I mean, that first year was bad. It was terrible. We we probably got killed by every team, hmm. and you know we recruited. Did what we had to do that next season. We ended up going to the national championship. Uh, came up short in a natty, but you know we came. We went to the national championship in our second year. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, we didn't win it. But, you know, my third year, which was my, my senior year, uh, our team wasn't wasn't where we thought it would be. So, you know, it kind of ended up pretty pretty short. But my experience, there was a lot. I mean, I learned a lot there. Learned a lot about football. Learned a lot about life. So, I mean, I'll take the experience as it is. Yeah, man, that's nice. I mean, uh, second year and the team's going to the national championship. Who, who did you play? Uh, Texas A&M commercial. Okay, okay. So, was it a close game? Uh, it was. You know, I think it was. Uh, we lost by ten. Yeah, something like that. But it was a close game. And how did you do? I actually didn't play in that game. I had broke my hand in the second round of the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, against West Georgia. So I actually didn't. You know, I wasn't able to play in that game. Well, coming out of college, did you have any? Uh, did you go to any All Star games? Uh, I, I actually didn't. Um, no all-star games. Like I said, I broke my hand at the end, so okay. that kind of hurt me a little bit with, you know, the pro days and, and everything like that. But so I just, you know, I healed up after surgery, healed up. And my first professional experience was really the spring league. So, I mean, shout out to the spring league because they the first ones to even give me an opportunity to showcase what I have. Well, let's jump into the spring league a little bit. How, how many times have you gone back now? Man, I've been back 
three times to the spring league. Wow. So you three went times. two two times just regular spring league and then and then you had this Japan game. So t- tell me a little bit. Well, we'll go uh, through, uh, you know, the regular spring league. How was that? And then after that, we'll, we'll get into a little bit about the J- Japan game. Uh, the first spring league I went to was here in Miami. So, I mean, you know, that's anytime I can I can do something in my own city, I, I automatically you know, go for it. But um, I went to that first spring league here in Miami. It was a three-day count. Um, I went there. I killed it. I mean, it was about... I want to say 10 running backs and we were about 10 deep at every position. So reps were limited. So whenever you, whenever you got a chance, whenever you got an opportunity, you had to make the most of it, make the best of it. And I mean, I did that, you know, I, I got great film from it, got good feedback from, from NFL coaches and, you know, just to still working, still looking for an opportunity. So that, that spring lead, me doing good in that spring lead landed me to the, uh, the two week spring lead in Austin, Texas. Yeah, and that that took place last year. Yeah, the Texas one was a big one. Um, that was the one, right? It had some XFL scouts out there, I believe. Yeah, it had, yeah, they had a few XFL scouts, had a few NFL scouts. Uh, that was, so yeah, that was the big one. That was the big two week one. Uh, we had two games out there, practice. We did a lot of one on ones, and we just competed. And like I say, I mean, I, I I went there. I wasn't I wasn't the biggest name. Probably wouldn't even know who I was when we first got there, but when the count was over with, I mean, I guarantee I left my mark, and, and you know, everybody, you know, had a sense of who I was and what I could do. So, well, it's important, man, and I tell everybody this: you got to keep moving. It doesn't matter whether you go into the spring league, uh, you come out to ours at MFE Elite Pro Days, get your times, your film. Uh, you know, everybody just wants stuff up to date. You know, uh, people do arena or minor league just for a short period of time, just to get tape. Uh, film any way they can. I mean, some guys can't afford to travel, so they'll do something in their backyard or whatever. But anybody, they just care what what have you done lately. They don't they don't care what you did back in high school. Trust me, they really don't care. They want to know what you've been doing lately. And even six months ago, they don't know. You could have let yourself go in six months, but I seen you, you know, killing it. And then you got invited to come out and uh, play with America against the. Um, what is it? The X League, right? Uh, Japan. I guess the Japan League. Yep, yep, that's right. So I seen you making some plays out there. How, how was that experience? How was that game? Did you guys win? And how was your stats? Uh, we we actually did win. Uh, it was actually it was it was a big game for for me, of course, and I mean for the Spring League, just because the Spring League's never they never played against another developmental league. So you know, it's the first time of us doing something real big like this. And it was hosted at the Cowboys Stadium, so that added all the hype to it. Yeah. But uh, for me personally, you know, I, I mean, I started off pretty good, had a few good, had a few good runs, had a few good um, catches with, with a few good runs at the end. But unfortunately, I had a um, on my touchdown run, I actually separated my shoulder, and that was like early second quarter. So you know, trying to come back from that, it was just kind of tough. But I mean, I, I put up some some pretty good numbers for the for the limited stats i mean not limited stats but the limited reps that i have yeah well they bring a lot of guys in i mean you know they try to give quite a few different guys opportunities sometimes it definitely limits stats but i seen you out there doing your thing man and uh definitely look good for anybody who want to check it out check out the stats uh, or check out his uh your film from the from against japan you got it on your thing i'll let you plug your thing at the end your social media 
But uh, also, I just, you know, I know you're looking for an opportunity at the next level, whether it be NFL or CFL. Now, I know you got what it takes, but tell any GM, scouts, coaches, anybody that's listening to this, what does Leroy Wilson bring to their organization? Uh, Leroy Wilson will bring, I mean, a winning mentality. You know, I'm a hard worker. Uh, I'm a team first guy. I mean, of course, you know, it's, we, we all do stuff individually, but if we can't come together as a team, then, you know, it's not going to work. So I'm, I'm a team first guy. I do what I have to do. Um, I mean, I'm a playmaker, you know, on the ground, in the air, blocking, whatever you need to do, special teams, whatever you need me to do. I'm your guy. Uh, I mean, I'm a good kid, family kid, just trying to do what I have to do to support my family. So, you know, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with it. Absolutely, man. I see you working hard and, and I see you doing the right things and staying moving and you got all the up to date tape and, you know, hopefully you get your opportunity soon. Sometimes it just takes a little time. They go through some people and, you know, sure enough, a couple injuries, whatever they, they grab for somebody, they find somebody like you and you wind up sticking for some years. So, yeah, somebody somebody's going to get them a steal. That's it, buddy. And I'm going to give you a chance to plug your social media so anybody could come on and check out your highlights. Um, so, so just tell anybody where they can find that. Uh, you can check. You can check them out. I have it on uh, Twitter. My Twitter is LKW the number two uh, L I V E. So that's LKW two live. That's the same for my Instagram. And if you just type in Leroy Wilson Spring League on YouTube, all of my Spring League highlights will pop up. Beautiful. And I'll be pumping it out there, too, to everybody. And I appreciate you coming on the Victory Formation podcast. And, uh, man, stay, you know, keep grinding, man, and stay safe. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you for having me. All right, Leroy, man. Have a good night. All right, you too. Jackson Scott Brown, Northern Iowa, 2020 NFL Draft Prospect. Welcome to the Victory Formation Podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we finally got you up on there, man. <laughs> so how are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Staying safe. Yeah, buddy. Kind of quarantined in here, a little yeah. close to New York, man. Not too far. That's where I'm from, born and raised, New York. Yeah. So it's kind of hard hit, man. It's unfortunate, so... Just trying to not get sick right now because the hospitals are jammed. So yeah, exactly. it's not a good time to come down with any of this stuff. So uh, what are you going to do? But um, when did you uh, first start playing O-line? So I've been playing O-line, I mean, my whole life. I mean, ever since I was in, I think I started playing tackle football in fourth grade and I've been an off. I mean, I've always been the bigger kid in my grade, bigger kid in my class. So I've always been an offensive lineman, really, my whole life. Right. So uh, you played offensive line into high school, I guess. And um, coming out of high school, uh, what made you choose Northern Iowa? Did they heavily recruit you out of there, or? <clears throat> yeah, I was. Um, so I was. With all the Missouri Valley, I probably had offers from, I would say, at least half of the teams in the Missouri Valley, if not more than half. Basically, so towards the end of my, or towards the end of my kind of recruiting trail, if you will, it was my top three were Northern Iowa, North Dakota State, and Western Illinois. And I kind of, those are kind of my, my final three teams that I kind of decided on. 
um, because of, you know, the relationships I've built with those teams and just the kind of pedigree of those programs. And I really like Northern Iowa. One, because, I mean, being from Iowa, you know, I, I grew up liking Northern Iowa and stuff. And then, two, just kind of the, the repu- the, you know, when people think of Northern Iowa, they think of the dome and they think of, you know, you're going to, you're going to be playing a tough brand of football. You know, they're going to want to, want to run the ball and play good defense. And, um, you kind of, it, it's just kind of like an old school fit for me, if you know what I mean. And that's just kind of, yeah, kind of the winning in Iowa. So that's why that was one of the really things that I, one of the nice best. facility, you know, nice looking facility, good fan base. Uh, you know, I, I had a chance to cover them on FCS radio and, uh, you know, great year, man. You know, what what a year behind yeah. uh, McElvain over there, the young guy. Uh, wow. You know, he looks like something special. But, uh, yeah, tell me a little bit uh, what it was like playing in the MVFC, uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference, for the people who don't know, in the FCS. Uh, you got to play some really tough teams, and uh, you played uh, tough teams like North Dakota State's in there. And, uh, you know, uh I mean, just the, the Salukis in there were a good team this year. Um, also got to play even some FBS teams. Uh, tell me a little bit about this season. It was quite a season for you. <clears throat> yeah, it was a – it was – you hit it on the head, Matt. It was quite a season. I mean, we, we – you know, our first game of the year, we're in Ames, Iowa, at, at Iowa State. And, um, you know, we take Iowa State to three overtimes. And that was, I mean, that was pretty fantastic. I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah. we, we wanted to come out with a win. And thinking about it, thinking about it now, it seems like, I mean, it, you know, you think about, wow, like we took an FBS team, you know, at the time, I think they were, they may have been in the top 20 in the country, um, or top 25 for sure. We took them to three overtimes. So that just, that just showed how good our whole, that, that was, that was a game that even though we didn't win, um, it just showed the kind of team we had. And I think that game, even though we didn't win, like I said, it, it really gave us a lot of confidence. And then, like you said, playing in the Missouri Valley Conference, I mean, shoot, you're playing against the best of the best in the FCS every single week, week in, week out. And um, that, that's just a super what – what I like about it is like, it's just a really good challenge. Like, I mean, you get to play North Dakota State. You get to play South Dakota State. You get to play Illinois State. And those three teams are, I think, all top five teams throughout the year. And then, like yeah. you said, Illinois was a hell of a team this year as well as I mean shoot every team was good I mean even the even the teams that are considered the lower of the FC or or the Missouri Valley could probably go to any other conference and do very well in my opinion so it's just a really good even teams that aren't doing so well I mean this year there's a team Missouri State yeah State who who wasn't doing so hot I mean they gave us a run for money and, and Beat us, beat us up pretty good. I mean, that's the thing about the Missouri Valley is, is you just never know who's going to be good that week, who's going to be good that given Saturday. So that's what I really liked about the Missouri Valley Conference playing in it. Well, I got a lot of love out of Northern Iowa because I was picking you guys early and uh, picking Illinois State early. I, I really was like a shot in the dark with McElvain. And uh, yeah. I think I was the first one to, uh, you know, I was trying to look for the starter quarterback. Uh, you know, to, to come out for the first week. And I'm like, I can't find the starter. I don't know who the starter is. Finally, I find in a little Iowa paper, uh, you know, online. Uh, they named McElvain last minute. And, you know, so I had no idea. So I, I, I was able to, you know, be one of the first ones to put his name out there on radio. 
and then he wound up being what he what he became is just amazing. He looks like he's going to be something really special down the line. And and your offensive line was was really to attribute for that. Um, you know, you guys held your own in there and gave him some time. And you know, he got the ball out quick, but uh, you guys did a good job protecting the young signal caller. And uh, so coming out of Northern Iowa, did you have a chance to uh, get a pro day? Um, no, we didn't. With uh, I mean. With the recent with the recent cancellations, we weren't able to actually get yeah. our, our pro day was canceled because ours was supposed to be yesterday. So, yeah, we're, so that that was one thing that's kind of rough with all this. But so yeah. Well, you know, there'll be there's other opportunities going to be available as well. Yeah. Uh, we might have an announcement up in that area. Uh, but uh, how about any All Star invites? Did you come out to any bowl games or? Um, I actually, I was, I was thinking about, I didn't, there was one that I was thinking about doing was the, <laughs> the CGS. And then there was a couple other, yeah. um, games I was invited to do, but at the time that I was invited, I mean, I was, the thing is, is the timing of that bowl game was actually, it was during the FCS playoffs. Oh yeah. And I didn't, I didn't accept it because I was hoping to be playing in the playoffs all the way up until the national championship. So I didn't. I never accepted it, and then it was kind of too late. No. So, but it was something that I mean I was fine with because I, I'd have much rather been playing. Um, yeah. National championships. Up into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about the playoffs and uh, what was that like? Um, so uh, take us through the game there, the playoff game, and how do you think you did? And, and you know, let the people. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So the the big highlight of the playoffs this year was. So we started our first, so we made it all the way to the quarterfinals, which is like the Elite Eight, the people, you know, think of basketball. Um, and yeah, so our second round game, our first, we won our first round game against San Diego. It was one of the best offenses in the country. Our defense held about three points, and it was just a really good game by our defense. And their second game was against South Dakota State, who's in our conference, obviously, as you know. And um, they, um, in the regular season, that was the game we played them was like three weeks before that. They beat us a whole. I can't remember the score now, but it was a whole lot to a whole little. It was like it was like thirty-eight to like seven, maybe. I mean, they they kind of whooped on us, and we ended up hot at the end. Exactly, yeah. Then we went to their place in the second round of the playoffs. Then we beat them thirteen to ten. I mean, it was just it was your typical grind out. I mean, defensive battle, cold weather game. The only thing you do is run the ball. We finally found some we, – we had some really good uh, success running the ball later in the game that we drove the field on them. Um, ended up getting a basically a game-winning field goal with about a minute left, and then our defense prevailed towards the end. So it was a pretty good experience um, playing that game. Then the next game, we go into James, James Madison. Yeah. And it was a game that, I mean, they – our, our defense played phenomenal and our, our, our offense, we, we played our hearts out. We did a really good job, but it was just something that, I mean, their defense was just so, it, it was a battle of defenses, really. I mean, you know, they, we ended up not, we scored no points in that game. And I mean, they have some guys that probably have some pretty good NFL chances. And we just, I think we were just, um, I mean, they, they just had the better game that day, to be honest. But, you know, going all the way to the quarterfinals, that's the farthest I've ever played in my career. So I, I was still pretty proud of my team and pretty proud of the senior class that we had that we went all the way as far as we did. And I was I was, um, I was, was pretty happy for this, the finish of the season we had. 
Absolutely, man. It was a great year, and I think uh, that's an up-and-coming program. And uh, you know, who knows? They could be the team that, that knocks North Dakota State off the top. That would be really uh, that would be cool, man. Yeah, I sure hope. I sure hope they I are. Think, I think, think everybody in Prairie Valley's getting a little tired of it, and yeah. Illinois State's looking hot. Uh, some really good players coming out of there the last couple of years. I look at the guys that are going to the NFL this year with Luther Kirk and James Robinson. I mean, some real talent. And then uh, Northern Iowa is exploding. And, you know, Western Illinois, they just they had a bad run, but they, they'll probably get back on it as well. And, you know, like you said, even, even some of the worst teams are still better than, than, than most conferences. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, basically, uh, I want to I want to let you uh, be able to tell any scouts or GMs or coaches, anybody that listens to these interviews, because I put them all over. I put it on Indeed. I got a lot of execs on there checking it out. What does Jackson Scott Brown bring to their organization? I know you're a first team all conference. Uh, Phil Steele winner, right? Yeah, I was. I was uh, this year. I was Phil Steele All American as well as as well. Wow. Yeah, Absolutely. So, so we know we got a phenomenal player. What what else? Are we, what else do you bring to uh, an organization, a pro- professional organization? You know, I mean, my kind of story, my kind of mo, and my career has been. I mean, growing up, I was never, you know, I, I was never the best athlete in my class. I mean, growing up, I was like, I, I was on the B team for basketball. You know, I didn't really play ever, and it's something that I've always kind of my mantra and my quote that I've always had to myself is always be the hardest worker in the room. And that's just something that I've kind of always um, said to myself and no matter what, no matter if I'm, I mean, I remember in, all the way through junior high basketball, I mean, I sat the pine a whole lot. I mean, I didn't play a lot in football and I just always made my thing that I always told myself is I can work harder than all these people. And that's something that I think when my body started to catch up with me and I started to get bigger and then I started to, I, I learned that work ethic at a young age um, I was able to produce and I ended up getting a scholarship to UNI. And then when I got, even when I got to UNI, um, something that I said was to myself is always be the hardest worker in the room. I just, that's just something that I always hold myself dearly. And I feel like if you ask people that played with me, they will tell you the same thing that I was always the hardest worker in the room and this become leadership because I know that I'm not always, I mean, there's always somebody that's bigger, faster, and stronger than you, but you can control how hard you work. So that's something that I, I can promise the teams that I can promise the people that want to take a chance on me is that I will give them my all and I will always be the hardest worker in the room. Well, that's very important, man. And I preach that all day and night. You got to have coachability. You got to be a good teammate and you got to have high character nowadays. We're not dealing with no prima donnas anymore. It's not 1985 and you're not getting away with it. There's too much talent. And so I'm going to give them a chance. I'll give you a chance to plug your social media so people know where to find you and, uh, you know, or anything you need to plug, you give you an opportunity. Okay. Well, my Twitter is um, at Big Steve underscore 77 and Instagram is just Jack Scott Brown. My name Jackson J-A-C-K-S-O-N-S-C-O-T-T-B-R-O-W-N. And that's, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all you need, brother. And, and I really do appreciate you coming on the, the podcast, man. And I wish you all the best in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, I really think you're going to wind up in a camp, man. Thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Jackson Scott Brown, 
Northern Iowa 2020 NFL draft prospect. Have a good night. You too.